Okay, so yesterday we began the Maira Basilagani and we learned that the original place that the Divine Presence was manifest was in this world. And through the sins of seven generations, the Divine Presence became more and more hidden. And then seven Sadiqim came and brought the Divine Presence again to be revealed in this world. And this isn't just relevant to the past, that they did this then, but our role in our generation, being seventh from the Alter Rebbe, the anniversary of passing us today, our role is similar. In the Rebbe's first discourse, the Rebbe said that the Gemara says, the Talmud says, in Yukarabba, all seventh are beloved. The reason they're beloved is not because of their virtue, not because of some achievement, it's only because they're the seventh. So our role in history is not because of something that we have earned, but this is the fact. We are the seventh generation from the Alt Rebbe, and therefore this is our role, to bring the Divine Presence again to be manifest here. And the, um, the Torah emphasizes that not only do we have a role in bringing about the Divine Presence to be manifest in the world, but Hashem actually wants to rest within each of us. As the Torah says, make for me a sanctuary, that's one mitzvah. All of us should participate in the uh, global effort of bringing the Divine Presence to be on the earth in the tabernacle. Then the verse continues, I will dwell dwell, uh, within them. Not just that I will dwell in the sanctuary, but within them, Hashem wants to dwell within every Jew. And as we learned yesterday, that's the uh, meaning of the sacrifices. The word sacrifice com- comes, from word cl- comes from the word closeness, that by um, the service in the sanctuary, this is what achieves this closeness, this connection between the um, supernal realms and this physical world. Mam Let's continue now in the second half of this first section of the discourse. So close in the Mishkan of Washakosovat the previous Rebbe in his discourse continues and says that if you want to know what the entire meaning of the tabernacle is, look in this verse. The verse says, You shall make the boards to the tabernacle to be made from wood from Shitim. What is the place of Shittim? And why does the tabernacle specifically need the wood from Shittim? And what does that have to do with the whole purpose of the tabernacle? Whatever it says, if you want to know what the whole tabernacle is about, look at this verse. The boards come from the trees, the wood of Shittim. So we have to understand what Shittim is, and then we'll know why this is a, um, a, a central component in the tabernacle. And this will also tell us, as we learned yesterday, what this has to do with our lives, because each of us is meant to contribute to the global effort to bring the Divine Presence to this world, to build, to build the Third Temple. And also in our personal selves, Hashem wants to dwell within each of us. We need to get these, we need to find these trees. We need to find the wood of Shittim. In order to make this home for Hashem, we've got to find it. So how, where do we find it? What is this? What is the wood of Shittim? So Shittim, Lashashtus, the word Shittim comes from the word Folly, foolishness, idiocy. 
shita pirushnetiya, how does that fit into the grammar of the word shitim? Because the word shita, which is the root of the word shitim, means to turn. To turn away from the straight path. Why does a person turn away from the straight path, the path that Hashem wants us to go on? This is because of an insane influence of the opposite of holiness. Talmud says, a man will never do a sin unless a spirit of insanity entered inside them. So what propels a person to go off the beaten path, to go into a place of foolishness, to, um, to, do, to do something foolish, to do a sin? It's because of this spirit of insanity that comes from the opposite of holiness. He, he, a insane um, spirit enters him, and this insane spirit causes him to make this mistake. The insane spirit that I was referring to is not something that's extraneous to our reality. I was referring to our own animal soul, which um, our ego, which uh, um, brings this, um, this, this message from the opposite of holiness, this insane message, hey, go and do this, go and say this, go and think this, when really that's not healthy, not helpful. And yet, um, that's when we let that message from our animal soul enter into us, that's when we make these mistakes. The animal soul's always trying to get in. When we let the voice of the animal soul resonate in our consciousness, that's where mistakes happen. When we give voice, when we give space to the animal soul, the animal soul's voice comes inside of us, that's, that's when the, things, the problems start. The Alter Rebbe, had a colleague when he was studying in Mizritch whose name was the Volper. The Volper uh, had many challenges with his spirituality. Although he was a colleague and contemporary of the great tzaddikim like the Alter Rebbe and Rebbe Zoshevanipoli and Melchizedek, Yudha Kodesh, he was one of the Chavr Kadisha, one of the holy members of the Holy Brotherhood by the Mizritch Magid, and yet he um, strayed. And there's one exchange that sh- is shared about him with the Alter Rebbe. Apparently the material conditions in Mizritch weren't the greatest. So he made a remark about this, like the food isn't so great, something like that. And the Alter Rebbe, and, and it wasn't, it was something, it sounded like benign, since it didn't sound like anything was going on in him that was, that was t- so terrible. But the Alter Rebbe said, There's a worm eating him. There's something going on inside of him. It's not just, uh, I wish I had better dinner tonight. There's a worm eating him. He's, not, he's, 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 he's letting that spirit of foolishness enter him. And he's, and he's, he's basically coloring his whole experience with the, um, the, the, the fact that he's not, the, um, the material life of wasn't wasn't so good. I'm sure everyone else was also aware that the material things weren't so good, but they, were, they weren't letting that spirit of foolishness enter them. They were excited about being with Mzitcha Maka and hearing his teachings, and they didn't pay attention to the, to the um, lack of ketchup. So the Ruach Shtus, the spirit of foolishness, is there. The animal soul wants to talk. When we let that color our reality, that's when the problem starts. That's what the word Yitzhah means. 
Yetzahara comes from the word um, painter, artist. Yetzahara is the one who paints our reality and makes good things look dry and boring and empty. and makes bad things look amazing. So why is a person that was sin? It's he lets that spirit enter him. So what are we supposed to do with that? We have that's a part of ourselves. The Rebbe tells us what we're supposed to do with this. It is not something that we wish we, would, we wouldn't have this. We wish that this wouldn't be a part of our lives. But it is. And it's a good thing it's a part of our lives because we could not possibly build a place for Hashem without this idiocy, that, without this insanity that we have to contend with. Why? Our service of Hashem is about transforming this spirit of idiocy and to make that spirit of idiots, of insanity itself, to turn that around and to make that something to be used in the tabernacle, to make a board for the tabernacle out of the spirit of idiocy. That's the meaning of the word krashim. The word krashim, which means board, has three letters in it. Kuf, shin. Kofresh and Shin also rearranged, spell the word Sheker, which means lie. In this instance, what the, the lie we're referring to is not a specific lie, not a person that's being untruthful, or rather we're talking about the ultimate lie and the ultimate truth. The truth is, the truth is that Hashem's truth is even here in this world, and the Sheker, the Sheker is, the lie is, that the Abishtir the hides Hashem's truth. It hides the truth that Hashem is, that all of reality is just Hashem. The Sheker, the lie of the world, is to conceal that, to hide that. We have to transform the lie of the world and to make the, turn that lie around and to inter- turn it into a, a board that's used in the tabernacle. Whether it was the tabernacle, whether we're talking about the first, second, or third temple, the bottom line is, we are, our, our um, role is to take the lie itself and to play, take something from the, the realm of the lie and to make something true out of it. Take the, something which is organically, something that hides godliness, and to use that thing that... Is gives voice to the insanity of the animal soul, or exacerbates the insanity of the animal soul. It, it it expands it, and to take that very thing itself, which hides godliness, and to make that itself, and to use that for the tabernacle. And that's how we make a place for Hashem to dwell. Since the issue that needs to be corrected is something which is beneath intelligence, something that that is insane, that there is um, there is a goodness that logic tells us to do, and there's a and then there is this insane voice that tells us to, to go away from what's logical, that's beneath our intelligence. So therefore, we have to contend with this and, and go to the opposite of it. We have to, our service of Hashem has to be in the very arena where the issue is. Since the arena where the issue is, is that we're 
being, being summoned, we're being pulled to w- w- that which is beneath intelligence, we are, have this animalistic drive to do things which don't make sense. So the, the way to contend with this is to serve Hashem beyond logic. To serve Hashem beyond logic and reason. Ramanu says that if you are looking for a path in life, I want to tell you, Ramanu says the path in life you need to find is the middle road. Don't be too extreme in anything. Ramanu discusses various um, characteristics, generosity, humility, um, patience. And Maimonides basically makes the argument that the best path is a middle path. However, Maimonides says the middle path is only sufficient if you don't find yourself veering to the, the, the other extreme. If you find yourself being miserly, the way to contend with that is being the opposite, as we learned earlier this week, to being exceedingly generous. And it's hard to break that nature. So you have to go to the opposite extreme again and again in order to bring yourself to the middle path. So it's the way to bring yourself to be balanced when you've gone to the wrong extreme is not by just going back to the middle path. It's not going to work. If you want to, if you want to change your character, you have to go to the opposite extreme. A similar way, if we didn't have this foolishness, which is beneath intelligence, then we wouldn't need to summon, We wouldn't need to use a part of ourselves which which is super rational. But because we have something in us which is pulling us, which is lower than logic, therefore the service of Hashem has to be in a way that's beyond logic. This is true in regards to the various character traits that Maimonides discusses. How much more so is this true for talking about the lie of the world, the foolishness of the opposite of holiness? In order to make a home for Hashem, it's specifically by serving Him in a way that is beyond logic and reason. Even beyond the logic, holy logic. There is, there is regular human logic, which also, you know, also encourages uh, decency, integrity. There are many books written by... Torah scholars in Lahavil, even by, by non-Jews, about ethics, and so there's there is a kind of um, of a moral code that the mind can agree with. Of course, uh, it's possible that if you're just going after your mind, then you could justify all kinds of things. But there is a uh, um, there is something that 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 the mind could understand, the mind could appreciate. As the Talmud says, if the Torah wouldn't have been given. We could have learned modesty from a cat and honesty from an ant. So, but then there is, there is a place where that the logic will tell you, okay, you don't, you don't have to do anymore. That's enough. Then there is the divine soul, our neshama's understanding of things. Our neshama's understanding of things is, is, is a whole different level. The neshama, the neshama says to... Where's uh, the <laughs> the animal soul 
Um, let's say it this way. The animal soul has a nature, the Jewish animal soul has a nature to be kind. But how kind? The, the kindness of the animal soul is rooted in, in, in klippa, in that which conceals godliness. And therefore the animal soul's kindness will only go so far. If um, I'm driving a, um, a Chevy, I'm not going to get you a Toyota, because that doesn't make sense. I'm going to go beyond myself to get you something which is beyond what I have. That's the animal soul. The godly soul's kindness is a different caliber. The godly soul's kindness is rooted in holiness, in, in absolute abnegation to, to Hashem. So the, to the, the Hashem makes perfect sense that I should get you, help you get a Toyota, even though I have a Chevy. But, that's, but there's a limit to how far the, the godly soul's logic will take it. There's, there's, there, there is something that, that the godly soul will say, stop, okay, this is as far it needs, as it needs to go. So that's not as far as we need to go. Because since we have the animal, an animal soul which is drawing us the opposite direction, we wish it wouldn't have had this. We wish it wouldn't have the, 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 the insane moments that, um, that challenge us. Uh, we were learning a couple months ago about Yitzchak. The Torah says about Yitzchak that um, he is, when um, Mashiach will come, we'll say about Yitzchak specifically that he's our father. Why is he our father? Because um, Yitzchak's service of Hashem is uh, beyond time. As we learned, that Yitzchak went to Gandaydin for a couple of years. So, what um, we need, what we have a special power from Yitzchak is to, to, to do time travel. What, what does that mean? Uh, when you're looking at a, when you're in a scenario, in a scenario and you have a, uh, a object in your car and you're driving, it's a long drive, and you're not sure what blessing it is, you're not sure if it's kosher. So, if you're sitting there with that marshmallow for a long time and you're hungry, whatever that marshmallow may be, um, you're going to start justifying why it's, why, why, it's, why it's okay for you to have it. And right after you finish eating it, five minutes later, you're be like, OMG, why did I eat this thing with the wrong bracha, with the wrong blessing, with the wrong... Um, I wasn't even sure if it's kosher, etc. You're going to regret it. So Yitzchak is the power to move five minutes ahead and to, and to realize... Even though right now your your animal soul's like I'm really I need I need I really need to have this your animal soul's like your Yitzchak could tell you no let's think about five minutes later. But that's still logic, but that's that's um, something that we have inside of us from Yitzchak. But because we have this insane relationship with um, with doing things that which which, which feel make us feel um, that leaves much to be desired. That itself is the component we need to make a home for Hashem. It's this insane thing in us that's drawing us in the wrong direction that we wish we, were, we didn't have. That is exactly what the ingredient we need to make a home for Hashem. Because we have that which is beneath logic and reason, that's what we are required to serve Hashem beyond logic and reason. And that's what fuels the service of Hashem beyond logic and reason. The Baal Shuvah, the Zohar says, serves Hashem Bechiliyata with greater power. Because of where he's been, he is, he, it resonates with him that he needs to go beyond logic and reason. Because he has succumbed to letting the animal soul enter him and going beneath logic and reason, the, the, the Baal Shuvah has this drive to serve Hashem beyond logic and reason. Because we have something in us that's, that's, that's lower than logic, um, even if we, weren't, we wouldn't have succumbed to sin, but because we have such a thing, the only route that is sustainable 
is to go beyond logic and reason. You have something inside you that's beneath logic and reason, not, logic is not, going to, is not going to work for it. In order to contend with your animal soul's voice, which is, to go, which is less than logic and reason, you have to go beyond logic and reason. And the Gemara says a story about that he would juggle these myrtle branches at weddings, and Abzera, uh, who was a contemporary sage of his, a contemporary colleague of his, said, you're embarrassing us. But when Abhudi al-Barilei passed away, there was a pillar of fire around the, the beer, around his uh, um, coffin. And Reb, the same Reb Zera, who had criticized him, said the reason why this is happening, this only happens to one person in a generation, is because of the shtusil because of his, because he went so crazy to make chasen uh, and kala, make a bride and groom happy at their weddings, that's why he merited to have this distinction. It was precisely, he's going beyond logic and reason. So who are the ones that are entrusted with this mission? the Jewish people were called the army of Hashem. There are three translations of the Hebrew word for army. Tzva has three translations. Tzva means time and space. Tzva means soldier, army. And Tzva means civilian color. Hashem gives each of us a unique role to play in the world, a unique role that has a time and a space. As those in our community know that a good decision cannot be a general thing has to have a specific time and space about what you're going to be doing. Our role, our mission in the world is, is about time and space, what Hashem wants to do, where and when. And the, so there's a unique color each of us has to, has to contribute, each of us in our own way, which has a time and space. And the way we have to approach all that is with this attitude of, of a soldier. What's the attitude of a soldier? The attitude of a soldier is I'm going all the way, I'm going to give my life. They can't, you cannot win the war, the Rebbe says, you cannot win the war any other way. Unless you're going, unless you're going to give your life, you can't, can't win. The only way to win is, to, is, is with this attitude, I'm going to give my life. And this is the role of every single Jew. And this is why every Jew is called a soldier in the army of Hashem. As the Altar writes in Tanya, that even the most um, unworthy, if you will, uh, that's not the right word. Even the most insensitive people to Judaism are ready to give their life rather than sever their bond with Hashem. So what is the, um, um, what do we learn today? We learn today that because we have in us something which is, draws us beneath logic and reason at times, therefore it's not sufficient to serve Hashem with logic and reason. We have to serve Hashem beyond logic and reason. And that's what a soldier is. A soldier is someone who is devoted to the mission in a way that he's ready to give his life. He's not just devoted to it in a logical way. He's ready, he, he, you cannot win the war unless you are ready to die for the victory. And every Jew is ready to die for the victory. As it says in Tanya, every Jew is ready to die rather than sever his bond with Hashem. And therefore, we all qualify to be part of the army of Hashem. And our, have to realize that our role is to go with it's not something that we need on occasion um, when there's a charity campaign or when there's something that uh, we're uniquely challenged, but our day-to-day has to be like a soldier that we're devoted to Hashem beyond logic and reason, that we're in this to win this, and we're in this 
to go all the way for the Dayal Kedush Hashem. I was reading this week, the Rebbe writes how to bring back into the schools this um, conversation about, about giving your life for Hashem. Not in a way that, you know, that, that um, makes children feel uncomfortable, but um, children need to, have, need, need to know that their grandparents and great-grandparents gave their lives rather than sever their bond with Hashem. That, the, that, that this is what children have to know. There's, there has to be a set time that you talk to your children that to know that this is, this is what we're about, that we go all the way. And that's how we're going to come to the, the day of victory. And we see this happen. Take from Mamish. We see the victory. Today's altar is at Ilula. And the day of the passing of the Tzaddik, it says, as Neshama goes to a higher place. And from this higher place, he brings salvation. But Kedavar, it's in the world. L'chaim, Lord. Good Shabbos.